Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Welcome to Hard Currency, the weekly Financial Times podcast on foreign exchange and other markets. I'm Roger Blitz, and we'll be looking at, first of all, what's happening to the poor old pound as it gets bumped around by the strong dollar, the Bank of England's forecasts, and good old bad old Brexit. And we'll also look at, uh, after a fairly quiet period in FX, why volatility looks to be the norm again and how long will it last. And it all seems to be built on the return of that uh, strong dollar. And as Argentina goes cap in hand to the International Monetary Fund and the Turkish lira slides, are other emerging market countries hostage to the fortunes of their currencies in the face of the resurgent dollar? Our guest is Roger Hallam of JP Morgan Asset Management. Roger all those three things I mentioned, they're all about that strong dollar. We're into this kind of quite quiet period previously. Well, things are getting quite interesting again in FX. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the dollar has been sort of, it was very weak at the start of this year. And what was very notable was the divergence we had seen between dollar trends and relative interest rates movements. You know, the dollar was quite weak, despite actually relative yield spreads moving quite in favour of the dollar. And market participants put that down to probably reserve trends. People thought that rising tensions with China was seeing reserve managers move away from the dollar and into euros, mm-hmm. concerns surrounding the twin deficits. But a lot of the data since then doesn't suggest that has actually been the case. You look at the IMF COFA data, it doesn't suggest there's been much reserve diversification at all. And I think more latterly, what we've seen is that um, the rest of the world's central banks, the ECB, um, the BOJ, the uh, Bank of England, for example, they've become a bit more dovish, mm. whilst the Fed has continued to push ahead with its rate hikes. Yes. And that's led to some reconvergence of the dollar versus rate spreads. I mean, the argument to support other currencies like the euro and the yen and the pound uh, appears to have run dry. Uh, and and we're now reverting back to what what's the kind of the more active player in the in and that's and that's the, the federal reserve yeah i think we have a, a bit more of a divergent view on the us dollar we think the us dollar will do fine supported by the federal reserve interest rate hikes against those currencies that run balance of payments deficits or those currencies that have relatively levered economies but against the reserve currencies, we remain concerned around the status of the US dollar's twin deficits. And so we still think that the euro and probably the remember end the year higher versus the dollar than current levels. OK, so in other words, to, to the question I was posing at the beginning, which is how long will this period of flux last with the dollar? What is it? Is that until the market wakes up more clearly to the worries about the twin deficit? Or is it until we see a, uh, you know the end of this kind of dovish narrative from central banks? like the ECB? I think as it relates specifically to the euro, I think it's a bit of both. We expect, I mean, the European growth data has been a bit softer over the course of Q1. We expect that it's temporary softness. We expect it to firm as we go through the second half of this year. We think also inflation has probably been a bit distorted to the downside in Europe over recent months. We again expect that to pick up. And as we go through the second half of this year, you know, the signal that the ECB will be tapering its um, ending its QE by the end of the year and that the market can start to look ahead to 
the first rate hikes from the ECB from the middle of next year should be euro supported. Should be, should be. And at the same time, the single currency continues to gain significant balance of payment support from its from its okay. large current account. Okay, so let's talk. Let's talk about this issue about soft data because it's appropriate to the Bank of England's comments on Thursday about uh, about why it's it's holding back from from pushing the button on on rates. I mean, they were. I mean, Mark Carney, the governor, was saying. I thought quite explicitly that the data in the first quarter is temporary. Well, the soft data is temporary. Um, but I don't know if it's too early to say, but it feels like the market's reaction to sterling, which was to sell off sterling, appears to say, well, perhaps we're not quite trusting of what your view is at the moment. But but we, we should be seeing other central banks reflect this kind of view that actually if we don't worry so much about the first quarter. Yeah, I, but, I, but I think if you listen to the ECB's tone, they, they still remain reasonably optimistic mm-hmm. that the, the growth in, uh, in the first quarter has been, uh, was, was abnormally soft and we should see some rebound. And specifically as it re- relates to sterling, um, the decline we've seen in sterling um, versus um, the dollar um, is is very much a dollar story. You look yeah. at euro sterling, it's been broadly trapped in a 3.5% range this year. And as of today, we're stuck in the middle of that yes. range. So the weakness of the pound, I think, is much more a dollar story than it is a pound-specific story. Okay. Except will the Bank of England be caught out by events later on in the year, uh, such as uh, Brexit? Uh, well, I say such as Brexit, I mean the event, uh, which which might actually make it you know, close the door to a possible rate hike. Um, but, but again, for all the volatility and uncertainty related to Brexit... The pound has been trapped in quite a narrow range, and and if you look at the the trend in, I guess the the House of Parliament toward, around Brexit, I would still argue it is pushing towards a, a softer Brexit outcome rather than a harder okay. Brexit outcome. Okay, let's look at emerging markets. I mean, I remember saying on hard currency a few months ago, posing the question: Is emerging markets beginning to feel a bit more resilient to the idea of? A strong dollar. When the next time a strong dollar comes along, will there will there be a bit more oomph behind some of these currencies? The answer appears over the last few days, at least, to be a resounding no. Is the worry back with emerging markets? I think it's certainly the case that when you compare emerging markets today versus the taper tantrum in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. Um, the balance of payments positions, if you like, for the for the vast majority of emerging markets are are sounder than, than where they were, yeah. um, you know, th- five years or so ago. Um, but that's not to say there aren't specific stories where that have seen some deterioration. And we shouldn't forget that funding levels, cost of funding, where broader global yields are, are much higher than where they were. Back in 2013, so I think you know, as a broad basis, uh, emerging markets should be more resilient than, than than prior episodes of stress. But there are selective pockets of weakness. Um, I think also positioning has played a role here. We had certainly through the start of this year yes. a very strong trend yes. through emerging markets, um, strong growth, and significant position built up in that period of dollar weakness. And I think a combination of higher oil prices have stressed certain markets uh, and just the rise in treasury yields to 3% and some softer growth numbers, some more volatility in equity has led to some reassessment of those positions in less liquid conditions. That has exacerbated the moves. Yes, the liquidity seems to have been a, a big factor in the Argentinian peso's demise. How much lack of liquidity is is sloshing or, or rather not sloshing around emerging market effects? 
Well, in, in in general, the uh, it's always easier to get into positions than, in, than it is out at a times of stress. Um, and I think, as as I say, I think there has it's, Argentina has been a, a consensus overweight. Places like um, Turkey uh, at, during at certain periods in, in, uh, when the yields were very low, um, were people saw it as an op- uh, a good opportunity to to enhance carrying portfolios. The challenge with those strategies always is that if, if if you're buying for reasons of carry rather than fundamentals, if the the news flow turns and and uh, the funding markets become less supportive, the exit door can always be yes. can always be challengingly small. Uh, I mean, uh, there have been EM currencies that you might expect to be swept up in this um, risk off period, like the ruble, the real. But I was surprised to see the Polish zloty uh, come into that uh, territory. I always thought that we, that, you know, that, that Central Eastern Europe was regarded as a pretty good place for uh, emerging market uh, investors. There's been, been a couple of challenging things around um, the Slotty. Um, obviously, uh, they've had um, some disagreements with the European Union about changes they're trying to make Goodness, to the legal, yes. legal, ses- uh, legal system. Yeah. There's also, re- you know, related to that point, there's the debates that are ongoing around the, the new budget for the European Union and the Central Eastern Europe will undoubtedly get lower cons- um, cohesion fund payments um, related in the next budget than they have in the past. One, because obviously they have outgrown um, the average European member, but also Brexit. Um, there'll be a lower UK will be um, paying less funds into the EU. Yes, and so there's a lot of concerns that just firstly those payments will be lower and that the European Union may threaten lower cohesion fund payments unless they more, I guess, uh, completely fulfil their, their obligations as being a good member of the European Union. Also, as I said, for uh, some positioning here, it was a very consensus overweight this lossy for reasons you said. The fundamentals look good, and there has been a bit of a washout. We view it as an opportunity to 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 um, to move overweight slot it, and, and have been doing so in our portfolios. I mean, the the takeaway from this period of EM weakness appears to be: if you're an investor, you perhaps too quickly got into. EM positions early on in the year on the back of this weak dollar. Um, now the dollar is strengthening. You're being reminded of the idiosyncratic issues that are around EM, and that you have to look at all each one very carefully. I think that that is exactly the point. You need to do your homework. It's, it, I think it, emerging markets, as as the Fed raises rates, you need to be sure that you've got done your fundamental analysis and make sure you're picking the good stories rather than playing just a broad beta in EM. Because I think broad beta be quite challenging challenging in an environment of, of, of rising global yields. My thanks to Roger Hallam of JP Morgan Asset Management. Join us again for Hard Currency next week when we'll be reviewing a slew of data and see how they impact on currencies. Until the next edition of Hard Currency, it's goodbye. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. 
We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.